Phil Austin, thank you for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to talk about uh, filmmaking. You have a film uh, out uh, that you made as well. I mean, I was looking at your, I was just looking at your resume here and you've done, you're like a jack of all trades. You, you've, you've produced music, you've done music videos, you're acting and directing and producing. I mean, you just, you, you seem to do it all, sir. Well, that's how you learn, right? <laughs> that's the you know that's the good part of uh doing it all is that then you can step in if need be and that's kind of been part of my process is in learning it's just been you know doing it so and uh we recently got oh go ahead oh i said you know trying it out practicing i spent a lot of time fucking shit up <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, uh, and you've got a, a film, uh, that, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you was Sweet Killing Machines. I'm a big, uh, supporter of Wisconsin stuff in general, especially creative and arts and that. And so when, uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, uh, put me in touch with you, I was like, I saw where this was shot. And I'm like, oh, I've got to watch it. And then after I watched it, I was like, I've got to talk to Austin because, uh, the film, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, now, some of my viewers and listeners may not be familiar with what Sweet Killing Machines is about. Would you be able to give a little synopsis of? Yeah, it's a pretty slow burn kind of art house uh, crime comedy about two hitmen who meet for the first time and they spin, they get put together in a hotel suite the night before a hit and it's most of the story takes place in the hotel room and it's sort of just like in my mind what I was creating was what would happen if you know like you were a hitman right and you get put in a room with and you're just like waiting so like it's you know a lot of conversation and like then some debauchery or whatever <laughs> comes about and uh yeah so um it's uh it's it's not a lot of action i think some people from the title have have been like uh that was not very action-packed <laughs> <laughs> indeed indeed it, it was meant to not be but um yeah it's uh but but it's an fun, interesting fun art film. <laughs> i was gonna say it's an interesting concept very character driven uh, and I enjoyed the dialogue in that because uh, you still you still managed to make it interesting in a number of ways, I will say, uh, either through camera angles, conversations or some uh, post-production work, like with puppets. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so what made you want to do this? I mean, you, you've worked on you've directed a number. I was looking up. You've directed a number of music videos, a couple of shorts. What made you want to decide to do? sweet killing machines uh i was hanging out with a a friend and um he asked if i wanted to go just like shoot some random clips or something in a in a hotel room and i was like well how about if we just like write a short something or another and then uh you know script it and like actually produce it and do it right with lighting and good sound and stuff and so i started it was kind of originally just going to be like a fun little 25 minute thing or something like that. And then I, I didn't feel like in writing kind of 
we're planning it out, right? Like I, I felt like, oh, this is just going to feel really unfinished. So I asked them if they would want to do a full length feature. And, <laughs> um, yeah. So then I was able to kind of like complete this story that I felt like could be told in, in this situation. And um, so that, that's, yeah, that's kind of how it came about, I guess. uh now when did you film this was this during covid that you came up with this or let's see filmed it last year oh then um feb so i i wrote it in november of 2022 Mm -hmm. and then i filmed it february 4th um we so part of the uh, difficulty in filming this was that it was originally intended to be a short and I only had so much budget for it. Right. Which is pretty much almost nothing. And um, then I had rented the hotel suite for a couple nights, but then in making this a longer thing, it, you know, became like, Oh, okay, well I'm going to need the room for long. You know, like I'm going to need more time. (laughs) Yep. Um, and in fact, I think originally I rented it for one night and then shortly after I was like, oh, I'm going to need it for another night. So got another night. And then I was like, man, I think we're going to need three nights, <laughs> but we didn't get three nights because the room was booked already oh. by the time I figured that out. So um, I just, we basically did two 16, like, I don't know, 14 hour days or something Ooh. in this room, uh, the, the female in the movie she flew in from la and we only had it for one day so we had to first night make sure we got all of her dialogue done um so it was like uh one day basically the outside stuff was done and then two days we did all the inside the hotel um, stuff in february in wisconsin that had to be a challenge in itself to shoot (laughs) Yeah, so it was negative two on the day that we were gonna shoot. So it was supposed to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But on Friday, the the guy that I had written this part for ended up flaking. Oh. <laughs> he, he, he had another excuse in a line of excuses that had kind of started to feel suspect throughout the week and so mm-hmm. we we ended up getting an understudy uh matthew kenner is the person who uh took his part the very last minute um but we basically were like hey we're starting to feel like this guy might not make it or something <laughs> you know so uh but he that guy kept reassuring us everything was fine no no it's great totally you know whatever you know and then um got a call that morning (laughs) (laughs) so so we were like oh shit so we called matt and uh matt was kind of hoping or waiting in the wing there for us thank goodness you know uh so we were only able to shoot a little bit of stuff on that friday uh just like I think we did maybe the library scene and then like a part of a scene out in the uh, parking ramps or whatever, sure. but it was, it was like, I mean, it was so cold. I, 
I had bought heated gloves just for that day because I was like, shit, there's no way, you know, and like I had, had to take them off to use the camera, right? But then I could put my hand back in there and warm them up. So we only got just like a couple little things shot that day. And then we ended up shooting all the stuff in the hotel suite on Friday and Sunday, or uh, sorry, Saturday and Sunday. And then we did one more day um, where we did all the outside stuff uh, to pick up what we couldn't do on Friday because we had that little snafu (laughs) sounds like uh sounds like when i did my first when i did my uh short film for my uh final uh went senior year in college i had the main guy the day of uh not be available so i literally grabbed my roommate who happened to be my buddy since middle school i woke him up and said hey you don't have any lines to worry about you just gotta walk scary how about you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was like okay fine i'll buy you lunch <laughs> right and you know this was my first feature film so it was like i i think you know most people who are in film are aware of some of the uh tragedies that can occur and yeah so my whole premise was to keep it really pared down because it's my first thing you know sure, and yeah. like minimal amount of characters right whatever and so um I was like, you know, this guy had been a friend and he was very you know, reassuring that he would be there. So I was like, you know, I got two main guys that shouldn't have to worry about. And then it just started like right towards the end, like, <laughs> oh, man, man. So <laughs> uh, I try to, you know, like I'm working on another film, too. And there are some, it's a little it's a, actually quite quite a quite a bit bigger of a production than that was. But um, <laughs> it's uh you know, I'm trying to like keep it in a way that I sure. can hopefully, you know, manage some of those things if something occurs. But yeah, good times. Yeah, <laughs> fun of filmmaking. Yeah, uh, I yeah, it's it was fun watching the location you picked though because I we were literally at that hotel uh for the weird al concert a couple of years ago <laughs> so yeah. you're like going up the stairs and everything and i'm like holy crap i was like i was there <laughs> like I, I always i always enjoy watching films in wisconsin to see if i can uh pick where they're at uh right, right. you know and uh in fact i think i was on the road where you have the phone toss at the end too i think i know where that road is uh do you, what, what it's out on uh the let's see east side of yep. Madison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Over, yeah. over towards like Sun Prairie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I've got <laughs> so it's like I'm looking at it's going, oh I know that hotel, I've know that part. So right. uh so uh what challenges did you have as far as um because it was your first one? I, I know some of the things as far as shooting outside in Wisconsin it's not like LA you don't necessarily need a permit, but it should be good to let law enforcement know you're going to be out there with a camera. But what about getting securing <laughs> your uh, other locations? Was it a challenge? Um, no. And, and I shot them all guerrilla style, but I had done a lot of pre-scouting and like figuring out exactly where I could shoot and for like about how long I thought sure. I could get away with for anybody, you know? So I found some, and you know, during the week down there, it's less busy. So yeah. that, that was easier. And, 
you know, that time of year, it's also less busy because it's cold. So all of those things worked in my, my benefit. Um, but yeah, no, I just figured out where I could and where I thought it was like secluded enough. Sure. We could get away without, you know, causing too much commotion. And Well, I mean, the regular street scenes, obviously, but when you get to a bit of the climax of the film, when they actually need to do the job, I was looking at that going, Okay, you're in the state capitol. You're staging <laughs> the. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we were far enough away from it, and, and and now that part that was part of the writing for my thought there was like, you know, like this is sort of an anticlimactic climax, right? Like it's very, very, um, you know, just matter of fact and done. And so, you know, that was part of the writing too. Was that like if you were going to do it, you do it that way and it would be and You're move done. on. Yeah. Right? right. So <laughs> I thought I could get away with it, even though we had guns out on the street. <laughs> hey, it's open carry state. Right. So yeah, like... that's right. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and if it was cold enough, the cops would probably just say, yeah, no, I'm good. Hey, we'll just we'll, we'll, we'll come back to this later if we have right? to. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't we didn't like stand around, stick around there long enough. I don't sure. think for anybody to really, you know, say that there was something crazy going on. <laughs> well, I know I know hotels get really at least from other folks I've talked to, hotels get really leery when you say, "Hey, I want to shoot a movie in your hotel," and they're like, "What kind of movie are you shooting?" Right. <laughs> Right. What, what's with all the equipment? Oh, nothing. <laughs> Wait, did you say this scene had a prostitute in it? Um, <laughs> actress, actress, just. <laughs> Which I I love the dialogue uh, in your script. Uh, now with your script, uh, was it bit of collaborative? Did you uh, you know, did you stick to the dialogue real hard, or or did you give possibly the actors a little bit of wiggle room if they maybe uh, wanted to change a line or or do something a little different? they they did a pretty good job i mean because obviously there's a lot of like data and statistics and very <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Pre precise you know like there's a lot of information in there for you know when she's trying sure. to make her point and and so forth like so she did an extraordinarily good job of you know she was right on on you know there were a couple little ad lib lines here or there that i did leave in and um mostly it, it's um the script there are a couple of spots the the tripping scene at the end sure. he's just kind of going on a freestyle there um yeah i was just like yeah just whatever he's like just rambling basically so that's that's pretty much all matt um but yeah it was uh mostly the script it was a. We, we did have to have a little bit of uh like so i bought a, a i got a tv sure. and i hooked sure. my computer up to it and i did have the script up on mm. the tv so that um it would be easier for matt who had only had the script for like four days so this is a, a 50 page script just you yeah. know like full of dialogue right and so he had almost no time to memorize this thing so that's what makes it even more impressive to me is that he was able to you know nail most of those lines but 
it, we did we did have a you know a little prompter there so that in between takes could look sure. over and get a refresher very easily without having to like keep flipping through the script and stuff but yeah no matt was great uh so was uh, did you know most of the people i i mean it's a small cast but did you know most of these people or, or did you do a little bit of a casting search for some of your roles um i the, well the only person in the film that i knew beforehand was doug okay um right. then the other guy who was supposed to play the lead we had worked on several music videos and Couple, couple of things i don't remember exactly what but so and we you know we're friends ish <laughs> we're still kind of we exchange christmas cards so. uh so but you know he wasn't in it so yeah in the end it ended up uh being uh you know we got matt and then um aaron rathbone was the last minute uh cast and i i did do a casting for um jenya mm -hmm. uh, for the prostitute oh, which man. i love the name sugar plum <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. like the yes. fairy what <laughs> <laughs> yeah when i when i got her audition i was like oh she gets it all mm -hmm. right like she really she really got it i was impressed so no, yeah. every everybody seemed to be on board and they they seemed to get it and get the vibe and that because with like you said heavy dialogue and especially with them not having a lot of time together they didn't have a whole lot of time ahead of time i imagine to build up like a chemistry or a report you know table read right. or whatnot you're pretty much right. show it upset you better know your lines we got to go uh in true right. fashion but that comes yeah, across we... on screen oh, as well i was just gonna say uh the chemistry comes across on screen really well yeah, they were they were great. They were great. Uh, we we did have a few Zoom rehearsals before, mm -hmm. but then, you know, the cast kind of changed a little. <laughs> right, and so that changes the dynamic a little. Obviously, Jen, Jenny and I had you know I had read for uh, Matt's character, and so we we did some rehearsing, and mm -hmm. and Doug and I did some rehearsing. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, were were most of these performers local, or did you fly? It was uh, uh, Jana. She the only one from L.A. Yeah, she was the only one from L.A. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt's in Milwaukee, and so is Doug actually. Uh, and then uh, Aaron is in Madison. And I, I ended up getting uh, Anthony Montoya to also play uh, just small character there at the end, and um, DJ Fusion. We had. We, we had known each other for a while um, through music because he's DJ at the radio station. And so I asked him if he'd want to do a small part or whatever. He was down, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, that works. Helps give that authenticity. Uh, it it had a very Tarantino feel to it. I hope you don't mind me saying that. <laughs> and it, it, it This felt like one of those Guy Ritchie, Tarantino type of uh, films. Who would you say influences you with your filmmaking? Any of them? I mean, or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely like Tarantino and Guy Ritchie and Wes Anderson and David Lynch and like you know some i suppose seth rogan kind of humor and i like the coen brothers so you know it's like i'm i'm sure in movie watching i pulled from 
you know, mm-hmm. all of these films that I've seen. And <laughs> <laughs> so, so did your did your experience as a as working on music video help with kind of the rushed shooting schedule that you had here? Because I I've heard that like shooting music videos, you're usually on a time crunch. You only got the talent so much time before they got to go off to like either their next concert or whatever mansion or whatnot. Yeah, I think it probably did help because I've been really used to like, all right, we've got, you know, eight hours to do this thing, right? And it's just like running around, moving lights. And so, yeah, it was, I was more or less, I wasn't, I was prepared, but I wasn't quite that prepared (laughs) because doing it for like 14 hours is a different story. Yeah, (laughs) I was real sore by the end of the day. Cause it, you know, like I didn't have a gaffer or anything else and the sound guy was running the other camera. So it, I mean, like I kept it pared down as possible cause there's only so much space in there for one. Right. right. And like money and, and everything. And so, uh, yeah, it was me setting up lights and props and everything. When, and we got into the room later than we were supposed to, mm-hmm. um, they hadn't had, didn't have it cleaned yet and so like we got in there like two hours later than we had anticipated so then it was just like a mad dash of me setting up props and decorating you know like getting the lights up and and then it was like it was just go 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 the whole time so it was it was a little little much i think (laughs) um, yeah i mean it was pretty much like well this is just a few days we can plow through this and and get it done you know you kind of threw yourself into the deep end of the pool for a future film (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much um it was if i had had to do that for say eight or ten days or something i would be dead but (laughs) (laughs) i felt like you know all right we can just go for a couple days and knock through these things that we absolutely have to get or whatever um but hopefully the next one will be a little less like that i've scheduled it out sure so there's some buffers and it's a bigger shoot it takes place it takes place across the state and even into uh, minnesota Uh, so we'll be traveling and (laughs) all of that but fun fun yeah. uh, so i imagine you, you you're planning for a little bit bigger crew than just you and the sound no. guy being the uh behind the camera crew <laughs> yeah yeah there's um there's i think like five days of it that are sort of like offshoot days we'll just shoot like a scene sure. that day kind of like one off like this character comes in and we'll do that but then there's a there's a six-day stretch where everybody's together for the entire six days and um there will for that i'll i'll have some extra hands and Mm -hmm. another dedicated camera guy (laughs) (laughs) need that coverage right (laughs) yeah Yeah, it was definitely rough like especially for mitch who was doing sound because you know he's dealing with that and then going over to make sure he's got the camera going and everything so well you, was, your, uh, your sound was good so he he did a good job because yeah, he, did, just, he did a great job 
I mean, especially with a film that's heavy in dialogue, you want at least the sound, if nothing else, to to sound good. Because I've seen, I've seen really decently produced indie films only falter because their audio was right. not good. So it's like, yeah, this set's great. I can't hear anything they're saying. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I mean, like it sounded good out out the the gate. But it's still, you know, a little bit dynamic. And sure. I did a lot, of, a lot, a lot of going in and just like, I mean, I basically cut it up word by word to make sure that everything was so that there weren't peaks and so many peaks and valleys. Right. Um, I didn't want to compress it too hard because I was worried about some of the room noise in there. And so anyway. Yeah, I mean, it, it it turned out pretty good. It was a lot of work, but um, putting putting your music experience into right into work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, pretty much was like, all right, let's just make sure this sounds good because everybody always, you know, bitches about it if the sounds bad. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know, it's one of those things where you would think visuals, but it's actually the audio more so than anything that'll distract people. When I've talked to people too, it's like, yeah, it didn't look that great, but at least it sounded fantastic. I could hear everything. You know, the sound design <laughs> right. was great. So, and I'm a lighting guy, so like <laughs> when I watch movies, I look, I look for at the lighting. You know, I'm like, oh, that's terrible. Like, who did that, right? And so that distracts me a lot. But you know, as long as the sound is in there and it's like audible and not like, whoa, that got really loud all of a sudden, then it's fine. But <laughs> Well, that that went from camera mic to lav back to camera mic. I could tell that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we we did use all labs, so that helped a lot. I I thought, and that's the plan for the next one. I. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> well, I mean, the even on a limited budget now, though, it is amazing the equipment out there for audio wise because of. I always say it's the double-edged sword. The one thing that came out of the COVID for video production folks is how much suddenly there were advances in all kinds of production tools because people were all working from home or making stuff at home or podcasting suddenly exploded. So suddenly all this, you know, pro equipment came down in price and those uh, like road cordless mics and that are, they're really good for 200 bucks. It's like, wow. They're not too bad. I, I did get some Sennheisers because I mm. that's what we used for the last one and I thought they sounded great and they worked great and they connected well and <laughs> all of that. So um just gotta make sure the battery's charged. Let's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I but I also uh I got some of those GoPro road GoPro yeah, yeah. Tubes or whatever. Uh so I, those are gonna sort of be like a little bit of a backup. I nice. think if you know if something goes wrong, um, I did have some connectivity issues with them at the last shoot that I did. It was the first time I had used them, so I don't know. I've got to play play with them a little more. <laughs> Doug is a sound guy too, so he he's the one who was doing the sound for the thing we did a couple of weeks ago, and he was having some issues with one of them. So wow. I don't know. I have to play with it a little bit. <laughs> That's the way it usually is with the equipment. You got to play with it. It's it. Out of the box, it's not all the same. Uh, right. You get its little tweaks and, and nuances, which uh, you had prop, we- you had weapons in here. Uh, uh, were they all 
props and, and or did they just was that from a collection because yeah. you had a wide variety i was like oh yeah you know when yeah, you they... when you show up as the uh arms dealer <laughs> yeah they were mo yeah they were all i mean yeah. props as in they weren't like they wouldn't fire a real bullet but a couple of sure. them were like those air pistols yeah. so nothing that would kill anybody <laughs> <laughs> maybe put an eye out but <laughs> Good. what do they call airsoft that's, airsoft that's there you go yeah, yeah. I, I did for one video use because they were like good close friends i did use a real real one but you know <laughs> you don't want to take that you don't you don't want that <laughs> That opens up a whole bag of worms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I'll probably. And it, it was uh, it wasn't used as as like a firing weapon or anything. It sure. was just like a prop on a table, um, you know, to sort of help give on authenticity to the to the to the sh shot. But still, it makes you right. okay. We got the shot. Can we get this out of here, please? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would never use a live even. Even blanks, I don't think anymore. Yeah. I, I forget who it was that was talking about that. There's a big director, and he was just like, "There's just really no reason to use a, a real gun that can fire anymore because we've got like effects that are, you know, after effects that are so much better, and some of the fake ones have, re, you know." the slide fires or yeah. whatever it is i can't think of it right now but yeah mm -hmm. uh, he basically just said but it's more expensive for the studios to have to go in and do all that effects than it is for them to just buy a couple of hundred dollar two hundred dollar yeah somebody shoot blanks right like that saves a ton of time ton of money so that's why they still use them but uh, typical hollywood always boils down to money right <laughs> <laughs> it's expensive <laughs> this <laughs> this next one i'm working on man oh god it's like and i'm not like i don't have a studio budget right so sure. this is just at this point it's pretty much me trying to hobble all everything together and getting a few sponsors here and there and stuff still working on sponsors if anybody wants to sponsor a movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, I, I was i was gonna ask uh were you gonna plan on crowdfunding or whatnot for your next project or are you still gonna try to just get investors and finance because i always love this asking filmmakers this especially indie filmmakers because everybody has a different experience or answer for crowdfunding right yeah uh, i did try to crowdfund a little bit for the last one and I don't really know what I'm doing with crowdfunding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and it's a lot of work. It was a lot of work to like edit up the videos and shoot the videos and, um, you know, come up with all the ideas and put it together and put everything online. Like it took, you know, over a week's worth of time probably just to like do all that. <laughs> and my reward was very little. <laughs> um, so and I, I don't, I don't really, I'm not, that's, that's just not my world, I guess. Like I don't understand how to get a lot of people to see it. And, and like all my friends are broke. So who's, who's going <laughs> to donate? I don't have a, I didn't come from like a rich family so I can't be like hey dad can I have five grand you know like um so yeah I mean I, I'm gonna try and do one again but I'll probably keep it pretty simple and sure. the first one they 
you know, because I had done a little bit of like research on, well, what the, what do I do here? Like, right. to, and you know, they're like, shoot it like your film's gonna look, so that it looks nice and has the feel of your film, and they get an idea of what you can do, and blah blah blah. And so I did, and it was, you know, whatever. <laughs> this one I might just hold up a cell phone and be like, "Give me money, fuckers." I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, I would probably, I would probably give more money to a campaign like that, to where a filmmaker <laughs> just goes, eh, "Hi, I'm making a film. Give me some money, fuckers." All right, I I'd probably do that because at least be more honest but no i've heard of the work that you know and you see some of these campaigns where there's so many tears and you're just like man you, you know you don't think about the work that's got to go into that daily updates and yeah and track of that and, and, you, yeah. and i do have a little more help on this one I, I do have four producers on this so um you know i've got other people helping work helping. on little things too i mean i'm doing all, a lot of the day-to-day -day and like putting everything together and putting getting stuff lined up and all that um it i started writing the script again i think in november and uh i got that finished in a few weeks um then uh yeah just started <laughs> putting together things and i had already before i wrote the script had most of the cast <laughs> together or or at least like had them say like i'm yes i would like to do it i would like to be in it right so i was able to kind of I, I wrote for the people that i, I had available sure. or that wanted to participate i guess which which is more uh, to me it's more fun because then you get a like in some in some ways i think it's fun to like look at other people's past bodies of work mm -hmm. and then find a way to make them stretch you know what i mean like let's let's have them do something that i haven't seen them really do before and you know maybe i haven't seen all their work so maybe i'm missing out and i, I actually <laughs> did play that role in some other film but for a lot of them like what i what i have seen from watching reels and watching some you know different clips and things um i think it's i think it's fun to kind of be like because I, I just i really hate that how badly um casting agent stereotype you know like people aren't we're messy <laughs> we're messy like we're, you have nurses that are covered in tattoos but you never see that on a commercial or post film yeah. you know what i mean like so i don't know i just like like stretching it and pushing boundaries and i think it's more fun yeah I, it's it's interesting that because of the time that we now live in where everybody's always you know the the big word is diversity and and getting different representation of all different types and body forms and everything casting directors still seem to be falling back to a specific look usually and you're just like yeah. you know that's why we're always surprised when you're like oh they cast this part that's interesting uh, but it's few and far between yet. And that's sad because you would think nowadays, like someone with tattoos, they went, who was it? I forgot who it was. Some actress, a famous actress has like 20 or 30 some tattoos and she got them all covered for the red carpet premiere of a film. I'm like, yeah, 
Why? <laughs> I, think, I think I did see something posted about that. I don't remember who it was. Yeah, now, I forgot but... who it was too, but I'm like, the, yeah, the... I mean, ca- casting, I don't know. Yeah, I, I see a lot. And, you know, I hear, hear people talk too about like, oh, they don't really fit because they don't look like, well, what the fuck does, like, I see all kinds of people who don't <laughs> look like a model. Uh, yeah, that's why I really liked your casting of Sugar Plum because uh it you know um it went a little bit against uh what you're normally used to seeing in hollywood for that role uh and and i appreciated that quite a bit and i loved her performance as well i mean the way she rattled off the stats of that it was just great so it was great your your whole cast i really enjoyed very talented folks uh you know your actor producer director which do you like more now that you've done so much of it which would you would you like to do the most well, I really like it. I would like to do more acting, I mm-hmm. think. But um, I, I will get to do my fair share of directing because everyone wants a camera pointed at them, right? Sure. Like, so <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard to find someone to point a camera at. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, direct, directing is fun. Um, producing, producing feels like painting a picture, I think, you know, or creating a piece of art, right? Like I get to in the way I've been doing it, writing it from beginning and sure. coming up with wardrobe and set design and like painting this picture in my brain and then trying to bring that to life is fun. I, I like that, but, um, and it's another way to get to act too. I like acting. I think that's a fun, I don't know. I like, I like it all. Um, I wouldn't for the most part, I wouldn't go direct or produce someone else's project uh, unless yeah. I was getting paid. Sure. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. No one would. (laughs) Right. Like for me, for me. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people who are kind of like, you know, come work on this thing and like collaborate or whatever, but it's just too much work. (laughs) So it's sort of like for me, especially now, I like the idea of creating the whole thing and getting to, to put the finishing touches on the picture, you know. Getting your getting your vision out there, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, what's can you speak just briefly what your next project is and uh, where people can uh, keep yeah. up about it? Not, not a lot. It's called Sanguine Teeth on a Driftless Road, uh, and it's about vampires. But that's pretty nice. much, and it's a comedy. So, sure. I love that title. I love that title. Uh, is, there, is there a place where they can uh, follow you? Your uh, yeah, Austin Galante on Instagram, and I think it's Austin Galante on um, Facebook and TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there will be updates on the Marshmallow uh, Napalm Entertainment. Uh, I think it might just be, yeah, I think it's Marshmallow Anytime it, mm-hmm. Napalm Entertainment on Facebook. Um, and then I have a website for it marshmallow I, I love that name too i love that name too i'm a big i'm a big fan of the movie called the stuff so it reminds me of a bit of <laughs> oh, oh you know the stuff i don't but the name is funny oh, if you get a chance check out the movie the stuff it's a great b movie it's got danny aiello as a small role in it it's uh, basically about uh it, it's kind of a play off of the blob but it makes a statement okay. about commercialism, uh, whereas okay. the stuff is this white, like, 
ice cream type material, but there's something nefarious about it. And it's, it's, (laughs) I might have to find this and check it out. It's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And what was also what I uh, will say is brilliant. I really enjoyed your script for uh, Sweet Killing Machines. What's next for it? Is it going to streaming? Is it out yet on streaming? It is. It's on streaming now. I think you can, uh, you can rent it on marshmallownapalm.com. You can rent it on Amazon Prime. Uh, you can watch it on a few other streaming sites, I think, with commercials. It just sort of, it just got picked up like three weeks ago or nice. something. So it's, I think, sure being sprink- sprinkled about as we um, talk. Uh, it it's it was picked up by Apple TV, but it's not on there yet. And I read it can take uh, up to twelve weeks, maybe. <laughs> it's it's a real nightmare trying to promote it because. You just don't like and i don't have apple tv so i right. i didn't even know i just thought it was you know i googled it and was like oh and it's on there too and then <laughs> I promoted it and people started trying to watch it and they're like i can't find it so i was like wait what so i started looking and it said oh it can take up to 12 weeks so oh that's fun yeah i yeah. I, I had an indie filmmaker john Pata. he just he finished his film black mold and it was a surprise to everybody suddenly it showed up on tubi they were they were doing a festival run and all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, hey, it's on Tubi now. Like, <laughs> yeah, because they were going yeah. through a, a a studio and you know uh, and okay. apparently the studio put it out on Tubi while they're on their festival run. So right, yeah, I I was gonna kind of wait and then I decided like it from you know <laughs> it could take a while to get <laughs> things there and so I sort of just started and figured yeah, it, might, it might it might pop up somewhere because I, I think I, I think I still have it in like roughly 30 festivals or sure. 20 25 festivals I don't know I haven't looked in a while but um it's just like know. it's just just like Hollywood the films in the theater and it's on streaming so there you go see there you yeah go. <laughs> exactly I mean people are gonna watch it or they're not you know What's the matter if it's at a festival? <laughs> Those people aren't, they didn't go rent no. it from Amazon. They never heard of it. You're fine. <laughs> and you can always use the streaming copy as a springboard to help promote this next project coming out and hopefully get some financers. And uh, I hope uh, we could get a chance to speak again when that project comes out. I'd love to take a look at it and have you back and talk about that one. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe next time we'll get a couple other cast members in here yeah. and do it together. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Well, thank you, Austin, very much. Yes, folks, check it out. Sweet Killing Machines uh, and Sweet, S-U-I-T-E, like a hotel suite. I love the little play on words for that as well. And uh, yeah, links for all of that stuff will be in the body of this podcast. So thank you again, Austin. Yeah, thanks, Mark. I really appreciate it.